0: join back to Joygasm, where we chat about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live, Toaster360, and he, of course, is Steve, Xbox Live, steve of As we transcend history and the world, a tale of souls and swords, we told. In episode 93 today, October 27th, 2018, we're going to forego doing gaming news and movie news this episode, and instead go right into our Howdy Duty time, followed by Steve's oh, This man. Week in Movie and Game History. Thank you very man, much. How many times am I going to say it? You're probably going to have to say it a few more times. Okay. Uh, I, I'm a slow learner over here, but I ask that you don't give up on me, Steve. I will <laughs> get it right one of these days. And following that, we're going to be jumping into our topic of the day, which of course is Soul Calibur Six impressions, but... Um, you know, you can, of course, fast forward if you want to uh, just look at the timestamp located in this episode's details sections of iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Otherwise, just keep listening. Steve! Yes, Russ? Man, it is good to see you. Really? It is. It's the weekend, and uh, yeah, it's been kind of a, oh, a busy week, I would say, overall, but it's nice to be able to just kind of let one's proverbial hair down Yes, if we had any. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's nice to be able to have you come over, and uh, I'm looking forward to being able to talk about this topic of the day with you. It's gonna be good, press Yeah, it's gonna be good. What have you been up to?
1: Well, all the games. Uh, well, some of my mobile games are going towards the the autumn season. Yes, you know, Bit Heroes is, and uh, actually, bit, bit Heroes is the one that's doing it the most. Supercell kind of does it a little bit with Clash of Clans, mm-hmm. but they're mostly it's like a, um. On the surface. They used to do more like uh, you know, cover the ground in orange and the trees that are kinda dead and you know, stuff like that. But now they're they don't really do much. So but yeah, I don't know.
0: So in Bit Heroes, they actually do have kind of a seasonal change. Yeah, that, that's reflecting of kind of a, us going into fall. Yeah, so yeah. the loading screen has changed to, um,
1: you know, a lot of the leaves dying. You know, the, the grass is not green; it's you know pretty much dead. Oh, that's cool. A lot of the the NPCs that walk around uh, are dressed up in Halloween <laughs> costumes, and then you can, if you talk to the. <laughs> I swear. Uh, I mean, you, so you talk to the the, the villagers uh-huh. and they give you candy, but the candy is like exclusive items that that give you little power ups or little you know, uh, find more of this, that, and the other in the game if you use this you know thing they give you, which is basically candy, but. I don't know. It's funny.
0: I love it. I think the the good people over at Jupio Men's have done just a terrific job of just keeping everything just constant, yeah. live, almost, like just capitalizing on that and being able to like have fun times because I've done, they've been doing that actually in the past right. where like, you know, Christmas time comes around they have stuff that's more of, of a Christmas theme. And then I think they've done some other, like, I don't, I don't know if they've done 4th of July or anything like yeah, that. No, I think that's
1: 4th of July. I think just comes and goes, yeah. you know, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Otherwise uh, I've been playing lots of Forza Horizon four indeed and, uh, you know, there, there's a, there's a few things I, I got to tell you about here, Russ. Um, you have to get the Morgan, the you, Morgan. The, you have to get the Morgan. Um, this is this is a car. Th- I'm th- guessing, th- or is, is this a property? It's like no. It's um, how should I say it? It's a three wheeled motorcycle car kind of thing. In oh, so it it is an actual thing that they that they sell in Britain. But yeah. Basically, so what they've done is they've it looks like an old car, like the old two seater car, mm-hmm. very very small. And they've put the, the two very thin tires in the front, not like regular tires. Like, you know, you can go out and you buy some Toyo tires or whatever. They're like really thin, like old school style. With oh, all, yeah. All yeah. the thin uh-huh. spokes, right? Okay. So you have two in the front that guide the car, you know, turn back and forth. One in the back, mm. you know, has their accelerator, still the same, you know, thin thickness. And in the front for the engine, they have some like motorcycle engine. You know, with with the like the V twin motorcycle engine in okay. the front. Don't know why they, they they don't put it in like enclosed in the hood or anything. Like I don't am not sure why they don't why they do that. Maybe because it needs a lot of air or something to keep it cool. But it's very lightweight. Anyway, probably don't want to race with the thing because it's very hard <laughs> to drive. Sure, just going on joyride or something. But yeah, going on joyrides and 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 exploring do it with the morgan. Okay. So, I was I was driving around and of course I was telling you about the property that I bought the uh, the thatch corner. I think mm-hmm. it's or whatever it is. It's a beach house. Yeah. Awesome. Just awesome. So, I was riding around the beach going around just you know looking at, at stuff. And I noticed a few things I want to tell you about. Oh, a few details. A lot of the small things make a big impact on me. Uh. Uh-huh. Now, and I don't know if this is for every vehicle, but I noticed it in the Morgan, and I'm sure it's the same way with every vehicle. If you're on an incline, right? If you're facing up, and you, you ever so slightly squeeze the accelerator, what'll happen is the car first goes back and then goes forward.
0: Oh, okay. As if
1: you have to engage the clutch, you're letting off the brake, and you're going into gear. Awesome. Of course, if you just launch the gas, you won't see that. So the beach Rush. The beach, you'll see further back, like near closer to the road. Mm-hmm. It looks like the sand is warm. It's, it's you know, you if you were to step in it, your toe is going to sink in, a, or in the sand. And if you drive on it, of course, your, your tires are going to dig more into sure. the sand. As you get closer to the water, the sand gets more packed down, mm-hmm. right? Because the water is all just constant, you know, waves and such. Your car reacts the same or differently, but depending on which part of the sand you're on really so if you if you're towards like the road end where there's a bunch of cushy warm sand your 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 tires are going to dig in it's going to be easier to peel out you know this that and the other if you're closer to the water end then (laughs) your car is going to have more traction it's going to be easier to accelerate you could still slide because it's sand but uh you're not going to kick up as much Mm -hmm. of course so i thought that was really cool and you'll notice uh um like uh, how do you how how should I say, you know when the tide comes in the water comes up higher, mm-hmm. right? When the tide goes back, of course it's going to be lower. But there's that area if you're on the beach and you know this and I know this <sighs> if you're walking down to the beach there's that tide kind of mark where yeah yeah they have that in the game nice and also closer to the water depending on if you're on rocky areas or not you'll see kelp that's has washed up ah. and, and hasn't been able to go back so stuff like that is freaking awesome it's the little things that you treasure i also noticed uh little if if you had there's a tide pool and the water has sunk down Mm -hmm. right and you were to drive over and kind of do some donuts the water seeps up right and then it it wait
0: the water seeps up in the tire tracks where that you just did like a donut
1: yeah it seeps up and and you are you serious i'm absolutely serious I, I had to do it a few times because I thought I was I was seeing I was, maybe I just like maybe it, yeah, maybe it was already there. Yeah, maybe it was already there. But no. You so you you if you do some donuts, let's say, the water seeps up and it follows the the the, the tracks that your tires have made. I'm gonna have to try this. I thought that's just so awesome. I mean usually you would think it would just be a puddle, but in the end like a, a small circle. Yeah. I just thought
0: that was so cool. Like little details. It was awesome. Man. I've actually well I'll hold, I'll, I'll go into it, because I also play some Forza, but I, I figure right. I'll let you finish up your little dealio. Yeah. So otherwise,
1: I stood in line at GameStop Thursday night, and uh, bought myself a little red Dead redemption. Good man. So I don't know, I also I was thinking like, man, I gotta come back, you know, I gotta stand in line outside, getting cold, you know. And I haven't done that in a long time. Usually I buy the game from Amazon yeah. or whatever. And so I stand in line and I'm looking around at people. Like, What's up? What's up? <laughs> you know, and there was a bunch of people there. There, Everything was fine. There was people you guys all listen to Joygasm? Yeah. Sure. You do a podcast. Uh, you guys <laughs> should listen. So, <laughs> Anyway, it was, to GameStop's credit though, and they're not paying us, but I'm just saying, they had everybody organized into groups. Mm-hmm. And so if you got there, I was group eight. I don't know. I think there was like 12 groups or something. Yeah. But if you got there and they were calling your group, it didn't matter where you were in line. You just go in and get your game, which I thought was awesome because I was kind of towards the end of the line. And I'm like, great, this is going to take forever, you know? And they go, what group are you? I'm like, eight. I'm like, well, they're calling group six. You might want to go check in. So I walk up there and I'm like, I'm not cutting or not then, you know, uh, group eight right here. (laughs) I have my number. Yeah, and so they called it and I walked on it and no one, you know, no one was saying like, oh, you're cutting in
0: line. I have a feeling that due to just the the amount of kind of pre-order goodies and and that sort of thing, I mean, the pre-order is kind of becoming more of like a – I mean, really, it's been kind of more of like a, a normalcy of sorts. And so right. I think that like you have places like GameStop or Walmart or Target, wherever, wherever you go to, to get your game or get your system. And they all seem to kind of have a pretty solid approach to just maintaining order and maintaining kind of like this structured approach as to like how these things move. Because I remember when we were going, getting in line for the uh, SNES Classic, and I remember, like, we actually went to um, a couple of different places, and they both had just a really nice, just orderly approach to how things worked out. You didn't have any kind of confusion, really. It just kind of, yeah, you can went in, you paid for it, you left, and Bob's your uncle and you're home in time for tea. <laughs> Do you know where that, that
1: line came from, Russ? I have absolutely no idea. I'll tell you where that line, that, that's from the movie called, um, oh, it's, oh, geez, Anthony Hopkins. I think it's like the the world's
0: fastest Indian, I think it's called. Well, I don't know if that movie spawned that saying. They probably took it from some... I mean, it sounds like like it's probably been ingrained in the the British culture for some time. It could be, but that's where I've heard it first. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's, that's where I got it from. Anyhow, so I have been playing that, and I... I have to tell you that it's been a while since a game has captivated my thoughts throughout the day while I haven't <laughs> been not been playing the game thinking, man, like, when I go home, I'm going to play it. I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah, uh-huh. It's been a while since. I mean, I've played a game that I've really enjoyed. Yeah. Forza, you know, Forza series, tons of other stuff, you know, Witcher. But. I mean, I'm telling you, when Friday came along and I was at work and I'm doing my job, I'm thinking, mm, I want to go home and play Red Dad. You know, to four o'clock, almost five o'clock, and get out of here. You know,
0: one of your coworkers is like, Hey, Steve, Steve. what? <laughs> <laughs> Can't you see him daydreaming over here? You're under my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. <sighs>
1: Anything else? or No, that's about it. I finished, uh, I think on the last podcast, I said I was watching the movie Fences with mm-hmm. Denzel Washington. That, that, was a, that was a decent movie. Um, I don't know who I really recommend it to. The acting's great. It, it, was, it was from a, um, a play that Denzel Washington and the entire cast yeah. uh, acted in on Broadway. And so he just literally took the cast and produced this movie and put it on the big screen. Sure. So uh, the acting was very good because everybody was used to their roles and had done it quite a few times. So the acting is superb. The story is just, I don't know. I mean, it's not a bad story. It's just not really captivating. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Well, I'm the same way as you. Um, I was playing a lot of Forza Horizon 4 over this past week. And, uh, man, it it really is. That is such a polished series. Um, The only thing is, is I I am having an issue and I can't remember if I told you about this or not. I think I may have, but um, I have a sound issue going on and it's not getting fixed. It's the most peculiar thing. But like when I'm in, like when you first see like the, the kind of the um, intro screen of sorts, the music and, and sound effects are there. If I pause the game, the sound is there. Um, Or if there's a loading screen or even a winning screen, all the sound effects and music work. But it's when I'm returned to driving along, um, whether it's in a race or if I'm just doing joyriding through Britain or whatever, no sound. Hmm. It is absolutely muted. And I've gone through settings. I'm trying to figure out what the problem is. And no other game has Hmm. this problem but Forza. So I did some background research on it. And apparently when the demo was available, they had the same problem and it wasn't just for Xbox. Like the PC had the same issue. And so there were kind of like these workarounds or whatever, but but I have a sinking feeling that I think I'm going to have to literally uninstall the game and reinstall it in order to get it fixed. Because I mean, it's been several days now and there hasn't been any kind of fix. And I've looked on some of the, the forums online there are other people who are having the exact same problem and it's kind of weird how playground games really, or even, you know, Microsoft studios for that matter has not been forthcoming in terms of addressing the issue or coming up with a solution to it. But really, I mean, it's crazy when you don't have the audio because that's 50% of the experience. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, you really lose that, that, kind of thrilling sensation mm-hmm. when you're driving when everything is silent. I mean, yeah, it looks pretty, but like, I'm like, uh, I, I kind of need the music. I need to hear the revving of the engines and the squealing of the tires and whatnot. So my hope is, is that perhaps in the next week or so, they'll have some kind of fix. Maybe they'll have another update. Cause I think what happened was is they had some kind of patch update that, um, I obviously had to install in order to, to play. And I think, they somehow introduced a bug or something. And so I'm going to wait and see when the, the next one comes out. Cause you know, you'll probably have something else that'll That'll come along and I'm hoping that, that it'll, it'll return back to normal, but um, it's going to be kind of a bummer if I have to like uninstall and then reinstall the whole thing again. Um, but having said that though, I mean the game has been just, a, just a joy to play. Like I, I love being in springtime and now I think we're in the summertime and just those, those seasons are just fantastic.
1: Oh yeah. I think summer's right around the corner. I haven't, it hasn't changed for me yet. So, Oh really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you you might've, uh, it, it might be, because I, I took the game out and put Red Dead in there. Oh right. So right. I, when I put the game back in, I might just switch to summer. Yeah. I remember it saying like two more days, and then yeah, we
0: are later. officially in summertime now. And like I said, it is just those are the seasons I really enjoy. Even fall is great too, but just a uh, it is really fun to be able to go to these different locations within Britain and then see what it looks like in terms of the changes. And it's cool; it just adds a bit of variety to the whole experience. Well, everything's blooming, which is beautiful. Right, everything's turning green. I mean, I still like the rain
1: and stuff right and it's all muddy um but i mean it's it's beautiful
0: i still absolutely hate uh the different types of outfits and horns <sighs> that pollute the uh, the lottery system yeah. there's nothing worse than seeing like certain cars or like a nice sizable credit score that you can get and then instead of it landing on one of those you get a brand new t-shirt and you're yeah. like oh, no <laughs> take those out but um, d- definitely looking forward to playing even more of it. It's just a fun, it's it's just a great racing game. I, again, and I just hope that, that that particular audio issue gets fixed.
1: I speaking of the horns, though, I do like how they incorporate some of the other games themes in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, that's just a celebration of of games all together, like I the mean, Halo theme, the Halo theme, the Sea of Thieves theme. Yeah. By the way, I did the I did that Halo showcase event, which was what'd you think? That was cool. Uh, I mean, they have what was the Banshees mm-hmm. or whatever in there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a Banshee and a Forza Yeah, Fort's some other that warthogs that were, yeah. that were riding with you. Plus, when you saw Master Chief walking forward, he still sounded like it yeah. was direct from Halo. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like that stuff. I really do. I mean, because is not trying to take away anything from Halo. Well, you know? again,
0: too, like, it's just nice to have these crossover events right. where, like, you have these guest characters from other games. And again, like, we even have that with Soul Calibur that we'll get into later on. But it's just... I have I too always have appreciated like just that that kind of nod of sorts to other games and just being able to p- place them in it because it, again, it's just a celebration of right. playing video games and, and acknowledging these other titles that that fans love. I also will have you know, Steve. yeah, I purchased the hospital channel soundtrack <laughs> from iTunes. <laughs> I w- I haven't been able to find Pulse. Pulse is like the main one that I love listening to. Um, I'm not sure if they're planning on having those be released later on in the future, but hospital is one that you can get. So I've been in, actually on my way to work this week. I w- I've been listening to some of the tracks and it it is just as fun to listen to when you're on the freeway as opposed to playing the game. I think hospital is like the dubstep channel, I think. I don't know if it's considered dubstep. I mean, it definitely has kind of more of that, like, house electronica. It's like more harsh electronic, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I was just, again, like you, I, I, too, was able to get uh, Red Dead Redemption. I ended up getting the digital download. That took you a while to download. 90 though. gigs thereabouts. Yeah. It, it, it is a large game. And I bought the ultimate version of it. It's like 100 bucks, So it has um, some extra goodies in there, some extra story Campaign side mission kind of stuff in there, um, some stuff for the uh, the online component. Which you know what's interesting when I was thinking about um, like GTA, for instance. Like I absolutely love GTA 5's story, and I and I just really enjoyed playing through it. And I'm currently kind of going back through and playing it on the on your version, the Xbox One version of the game. But I never, ever got into the online component. And everybody who I've talked to who is a GTA fan, when I tell them how much I love the story of it, they said, oh, you have no idea. Like, the online mode is actually, like, ten times as good as the story itself. And there are people who have been playing for like the last five yep. four or five years yep. ever since the game was released. And they're just as committed and loyal to playing the game simply because Rockstar keeps introducing all these different types of different vehicles or weapons missions. or missions, yep. that sort of thing that they've, they've really been terrific at just keeping stuff fresh. Um, and apparently RDR two also has some sort of online mode, which I think I'm going to give it a shot. Like, like I never, like I said, I didn't get into the GTA sort of side of things. But I think once I finish the story of RDR, I think um, it'll be fun to like just test it out and see what what all uh, is into that. And I suppose it's it's worth noting too that um, next the next episode of Joygasm we're going to be having our of course our main topic of the day be Red Dead Redemption. Of course, two. but we need to be able to have time to play the game and. Um, I can tell you too. I mean, so far I am absolutely giddy. I cannot believe I'm playing red dead redemption mean, As you, as you well know, the first red dead redemption is one of my all time favorite games. I would say it's probably like in the top five, um, of my all time favorite games played. And, um, Man, I'm going to hold off on the details for now because we were going to give our impressions next week. But I, what I can say is just, I mean, I don't have a 4K TV. I don't have an Xbox One X, but just playing on a 1080p, that is a gorgeous game. I don't need like, and you don't have an Xbox One X, but you do have a 4K TV. So some of those things I would think are a little bit more bumped up, a little yeah. up-res and whatnot that is a gorgeous game, yeah. man. Like just, just the wilderness fully realized the way it is. I'm really enjoying it so far and I'm looking forward to just putting many, many, many hours into that. So I haven't watched any movies. Haven't, uh, you know, Yeah, I have three of my Netflix just still in the envelope at the house. <laughs> I have not even, I don't even know what I have. It's been a while since I've actually watched something. Yeah. But I mean, again, again, there are so many games. I mean, of course, I was also playing Soul Calibur 6 this past week, um, and just been really enjoying that. I'm, I'm a huge Soul Calibur fan, and and so we'll get into that um, a bit later. But let's transition over to the uh, this week in movie and video game release date. Steve, cue the music, rush. No, thank you. you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, a little bit. Consider too late a now. cue. A little bit too late there.
1: No, of course. So this week, uh let's see. One thing I have to mention. This was in my notes, and I think I hurried past it. My bad. But so last week in movie game history last <laughs> week uh the movie Bullet uh, which was Steve McQueen, one of the most famous oh, yeah. car chase scenes in, in movie history, turned fifty. Fifty years old. Uh, came out in 1968. As of October the 17th, we should watch that movie. Was so so, but that that car chase scene. I mean, great to. It was back in in San Francisco too, though with with those hills. Yeah. You know. Anyhow, fast forward to this week, we have Pleasantville. Oh yeah. Came out uh, in 1998. As of October the 23rd, which means it turns 20. That was the movie with the. Uh, it was like half black and white, but the more the characters did bad things That's or more right. modern things, it started getting more color.
0: Yeah, that was. Uh, Toby Maguire was in there, and uh, oh, what was the, uh, the girl's the, name? No, there's another dude who's in there too. Who's
1: uh, I can't remember the guy's Reese name. Reese Withers was it Reese Witherspoon. Uh, yeah, I think she was. Okay, we can we can m div it. Indeed. I, I can remember that the, the one dude, oh geez, I can't remember his name. He's like, I want my dinner! But his wife had gone out and done something. Yeah, anyway.
0: Oh, you're uh <laughs> something H. Macy. I think so. Uh William H. Macy? Possibly. I know who you're talking about. Okay, so a couple of the classics
1: here, Russ. The Right Stuff came out in 1983. Turns 35 as of October 21st. Yeah. The Dead Zone also turned 35. Also came out on October 21st, 1983. The original Halloween. Oh. In October. October 25th, 1978. 1978. That was one year before I was born. As of October 25th. Now I never watched this, but eventually I I don't know much about the classics, but this one turns 70. It came out in 1948. October the 22nd, 1948, The Red Shoes. I have no idea. M. Dib said it was a huge movie. I haven't seen it. Maybe I should. Oh. Yes. On to games. The what? On to games. Oh, on to games. Yes. Please continue. Wow, that pause in the music was... Uh, uncanny, uh, huh? Uncanny. That, was, that wasn't even timed at all. Meant to be. <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay, October 21st. 2003, we had a few of them, Ross. Okay. So these are all turning 15 as of the 21st. Time Crisis. Oh, yes. I think that was a Namco title, if I'm not mistaken. Ah. Crimson Skies.
0: Oh, that was a good one for Xbox. Oh, cute.
1: Grabbed by the Ghoulies. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that one too. hmm we've been using that a lot. Castlevania Lament of Innocence. I don't think I played that one. I don't think you did either. Okay. But it's Castlevania, we like Castlevania. We do indeed. Let's see, October the 22nd, 1988. Ultraman Club for the Famicom. Oh yeah. It only came out in Japan. I remember seeing pictures in a magazine. Yeah, me too. But remember who made it? No. Bandai. Okay. Bandai Namco, I, you know, uh-huh. I, I think they were separate entities. They at were point. separate. Yeah, they, they only merged like uh, I don't want to say recently, but in recent memory. Yeah. Street Skater, Skater with an eight. Okay. S K eight E I
0: actually vaguely remember that. Uh-huh. Uh huh.
1: It was for PS One. Turns uh, twenty as of the same day, October twenty second. That was the first skateboarding game for PlayStation. Okay. October 23rd, 1998. That means that this is starting 30. Super Mario, a numero three. Super Mario 3 turns 30. That is crazy how long ago that was. I mean, Super Mario's probably having his first kid right about now. Um, looking into his career. <laughs> Man. Just about to pay off his
0: car. Damn. School of- loans. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was funny for me. Anyway. I mean, that meant that we were like. Back in the day, we were probably, what, like, around six to nine years old. I was seven. Seven, yeah. I had to have been nine. Man. Okay. So, uh,
1: let's see what else we got here. October the 22nd, 1998. NBA Live 99. Mm Mm-hmm. Man. I don't even remember NBA Live 99. I I remember, like, NBA Live, like, after the millennium happened. Anyway. I feel like
0: there's been a lot of just uh, the NBA titles over the past like 30 or so years. I mean, whether it's NBA Showdown or it's NBA Live or NBA 2K. 2K, yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, you'll like this one. Uh, The same day, Bushido Blade came out. Oh,
0: yes. That's a classic.
1: And F-Zero X. That's an X-ray.
0: Was that for N64?
1: Yes. If I'm not mistaken, it was for the N64. Okay. And lastly, um, as of October 20th in 2003, we had Tony Hawk's Underground. Oh, yes. There you go. Turns 15. What happened to Tony Hawk? Are they still bringing out Tony Hawk's games? I
0: haven't seen a, a Tony Hawk game in a while. That's a good question. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I, they, they, it was a, a, a a pretty good seller there for a while. So I'm not exactly sure uh, what the current status is. Skateboarding today. is so pass, eh? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Great. Hey, just pissed off our audience. I like skaters, I just don't know how to skate. Hey, this <laughs> is time for none other than our topic of the day. You know, my brain did a fart just now, where I, I couldn't decide if I wanted to say Soul Caliber" or Topic of the Day. Sopic of the day. Yeah, I just say. To
1: say. I apologize about
0: that. Anyway, uh, yes, our Topic of the Day is Soul Caliber Six, And um, man, there's a lot I want to talk about here. So for me, I uh, got the Collector's Edition which had a few goodies to it. It came with this steel case soundtrack, which I'm not sure if I've even shown you, Steve. But, no. uh, it's pretty cool. Like on one side, it has one of the blades, more of the... That's the that's the, the good sword, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on the back side, of course, you and have and the bad the, sword, the, the, the bad sword. <laughs> the
1: <and> the bad. <laughs> that's Nightmares on the back, and that's uh, Jean Croix on the front. Uh, I'm not sure what Jean Croix, but
0: it's... They actually have names of these swords. One's the Soul Blade, and the other one's something else. I can't remember exactly what. Anyway, they're kind of like the elemental versions of each other, you know, just (coughs) the yin and the yang of Mm swords. So, what's interesting is when you open this up. One has an eyeball and can see, the other one's blind. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So when you look inside here, what's nice is that you have, of course, a CD that um, has a, a soundtrack. I haven't actually listened to the whole thing, but I did briefly pop it in. There are like, I think, 24, 25 tracks in this thing. Mm-hmm. Some of which I'm not even sure if they are um, in Soul Calibur 6 because I, I played the first one. And I, and I think it was back to like... It was either when it was back when it was called Soul Blade or if it was Soul Calibur One, but... That was kind of a treat because I was like, man, I don't think I've heard this at all, and so I'm I'm definitely going to be able to like put some time to just listening to what is on this because of course they're going to have the music that's in this game, um, and of course when you look at this they have some some nice uh, art. There's one one side is Siegfried and the other side I think is Nightmare. Let we'll me take the disc out of this nice, nice little case there we'll to protect the CD. Yeah. Oh, nice. Now, what's also interesting about this is it has, if you notice this little speaker. But anyway, um, one of the selling points of the collector's edition, and and I can can close this to show you, there's a little button here. It's kind of hard to see. You have to look for it. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting about the speaker is that um, they advertise, oh, well, there are voices that you can (laughs) listen to on this thing. Soul caliber, Soul, 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 Soul caliber. <laughs> well, it's kind of, so in my mind, when I, when I was reading this, I was thinking, oh, sweet, okay, it must have all the different characters from the game you could listen to, you know, that has different types of phrases that the characters use. And I mean, it's kind of a fun little memento of sorts.
1: It has the, the guy in the beginning of the level, right? How did you know that? I knew it. How did you know I, that? Be, because I don't know the game has some corny elements to it and I and that would be that's just fitting.
0: Yeah, so here's <laughs> this is the thing that is a bit of a bummer for me when when it comes to this is that out of all the voices in the game <laughs> I could care less about the announcer's voice. Like, yes, I'm glad that they use the same type of voice throughout the series of Soul Calibur because it's just, you know, it's just part of the world of Soul Calibur. But when it comes to something like this, why would you only have the announcer's voice? Like, give me like Mitsurugi's voice or Ivy's voice or Sofitia. Like, it doesn't matter. But But you have all these different voices. That would be a lot of fun to be able to like just play uh, at a moment's notice but no, we get the, we, all we get is the announcer's voice and it's like, you guys, it's a missed opportunity. Are you going to play it? Yes. Now the other problem is, is that the (laughs) quality of this sounds like like one of those pull string toys. Yes, (laughs) it does. So like, here, let me, let me play some. Hopefully it'll pick it up for you. I mean, it sounds like an, like, like, what was it that, that spell? what, what was that thing that you the speak and spell speak and spell? That's totally oh. what it is. <gasps> Welcome to the stage of history.
1: Retold soul caliber six <laughs> transcending history. and the world. I knew it. A tale of souls and swords, that
0: eternally retold. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, when you listen to that, you're just like, oh, man, like, I like the... Okay, so I like the idea of what they were going for with, like, the steel case, like, audio.
1: It had to be something comical. I mean, it, it's, it's got to just be there to put a smile on your face, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can't take that seriously.
0: That's not a cool element that, you know... Right. I mean, like like, like you said, it is very fitting because there there is kind of a silly aspect to soul caliber not overly so but just i don't know like like and especially when it comes to something like this i do think that there are probably fans out there that do like it yeah. i am not one of them personally i prefer like i said i would rather have like a nice range of the different characters to be able to listen to and i also wished that the voice quality would have been better. Cause I mean, this is about as cheap as you can get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can go to Hallmark and get some of those like audio <laughs> activated <laughs> cards, cards. Yeah. And it actually <laughs> sounds better. And that you can get that for like two bucks or something. So uh, f- four bucks, Russ, four bucks. Okay. fine. $4. <laughs> But so, okay, so just, just to, to recap on this. So the artwork on it is very nice. If you want to hold it, you know, it feels good oh too. can I hold it? Thanks, yes, you can. It's nice and smooth. Yeah, it feels like the, the steel case Saving Private Ryan uh, Blu-ray yeah. that I bought. Yeah, kind of standard. And of course, again, I really like having the... the. Never <laughs> I like how the, the the audio CD comes with it and there are tracks in there. That honestly, I don't think it exists in Soul Calibur 6, but maybe they just added in there just because it's part of the family of Soul Calibur. So you have that. Now, of course, you also um, have with the collector's edition the art of Soul Calibur 6. And this is a hardcover book. It really, I mean, again, I don't know, Steve, if you actually held this or not, but what's nice is that. It uh, has a nice kind of feel to the cover. If you run your fingers over like kind of the the, the title as well as like some of the Kinda, um, yeah. decorative elements, there's kind of an embossed kind of like a raised oh, feel in it, that yeah. sort of thing.
1: Kind of hits your microphone a bit. You know, <laughs> yeah.
0: um, I really like the book. I've always been a fan of the art books that come with various video games, especially if the art direction is super strong. Um, one of the things that I do think is a bit of a bummer with the book itself is that they made the mistake of having certain pages contain multiple images and the book itself. I mean, it's kind of like more of like a a kind of book you can fit in like your, your backpack or something, you know, something that that's not particularly large. Um, the best way to describe it is that it like it's, it's basically the size of like a, an Xbox one game case or a small journal. Or yeah, like a diary or a small journal, that sort of thing. The the images that are that take up the full page are fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I just, as a fan, I really want to be able to appreciate all the details, and I just can't see it. Like if you have three images that that are kind of in a layout fashion on one page, it's like, oh man, I can't really see all the stuff I want to see. Again, it's a smaller gripe. I'm hoping that Namco will come out with some kind of, like, huge, nice, big-size art of Soul Calibur, like the, the history of Soul Calibur art. Because, I mean, all of it from, from the beginning to now, I, I've always been a big fan of it. They've had a tremendous art direction, really beautiful textures and patterns to all the outfits and stuff. And, of course, the anime style just looks really cool. A lot, a lot of nice detail to it. Now, of course, if you look to my right, which is your left, Steve, you have seen the uh, the statue that comes with the uh, the game. What do you think of it? I'm wondering what Sideshow Collectibles could do. Absolutely. I have had the same thought. And actually, I've wondered what Prime 1 Studio could do. Because Prime 1 Studio is my favorite statue creator or business. Um, and... Uh,
1: I think it's... Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I think it's cool. I think it's cool that they, they put it in the box, you know, as a... Reward for spending the extra bucks, but um, it just makes you think that man, if this was like hundred bucks or two hundred bucks or you know whatever it was, I mean with her with her hair and with her boots, you know they would have actually strapped leather on, oh, her, sure. on her boots and used other you know maybe some fibers like mixed in her media, hair. yeah
0: exactly. I mean that would look pretty pretty awesome, and, yeah. And so like the ultimate or the uh, ultimate the collector's version of the game, I believe it was like a hundred and thirty bucks or something like that. So, like with that, you get the game, of course, that's a sixty dollars value. You get the art book, you have the the steel case with the audio CD and the cheesy uh, uh, announcer voice that is uh, immortalized inside the case. But you also get this this statue that that is a, a decent size. The detail about it, I mean, if you look at like like the the fabric itself, it looks really nice. Yeah. And when you think of like like for instance like a Prime One statue will run you on average I mean on the cheap end it's probably going to run you about eight hundred bucks <laughs> and some of the larger statues are going to run you probably about twelve hundred to twenty to, yeah really two thousand dollars
1: I want a statue the size of your house of Optimus Prime. <laughs> 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 that's 50 grand.
0: So I mean, that gives you an idea. I mean, again, I spent 130 on all this stuff. So actually I mean, looking at that, all things considered, it's actually a, I think it's a decent statue. Now I want to also talk about how there were different versions of this too. Like, I think if I remember correctly, there is a version, I think in the UK where this statue is actually silver. Hmm. It's made of silver, and it, I mean, and of course, that one just looks has a much better presence than the one that we have here. Then again, I still really like this one. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a nice little memento of sorts, but. um I'm kind of surprised as to some of the, the the decisions that were made. Like for instance, there was one where I think if you order the the game through the Namco website, they would actually give you like an Ivy pin of sorts that you can put on your your jacket or whatever. It's like, oh, I mean, Ivy's one of my favorite characters. I would have liked to have had that. Not that I would wear it, but just you know, again, just <laughs> geeking out uh, on like you would wear it to Comic Con. Yes, I would indeed. I wear it proudly. <laughs> Be like, she's my girl. <laughs> so, um, one of the other oddball things about this game is that, um, they have a season pass. What's weird though is that the season pass did not come with the collector's edition of the game. If you were to order the deluxe version, which is kind of the in between, like you have your base game you buy for 60 bucks, then you have the deluxe version that I think was around like. $90, $80 to $90, somewhere around there. And then you have the collector's ed- edition, which is 130 You know, typically when you have a game that has those different offerings, the like the collector's, basically the ultimate version of the game, it includes everything and more based on like all the, 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 the more cheaper versions of the game itself. Totally shocked that this decision was made by Bandai Namco Because what essentially happens is is that in order for me to get the season pass, I then have to go on Xbox Live in the Xbox Store and spend another like $30 on the season pass. That doesn't sit well with me because I'm like, hey, I'm spending a pretty penny on this this collector's edition. Therefore, my expectation is I want to be able to have everything that the previous cheaper versions offer plus more. And because I'm a huge Soul Calibur fan, I yes, I did buy the season pass. I, I spent the thirty dollars. So the marketing people, good job, excellent job at Namco. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what, what was interesting too was that one of the um, the characters wh- who was they, they were available during the the demo time of Soul Calibur, they did not make her a part of the actual game itself she is part of the season pass, which um, Tira is her name. She's kind of, I refer to her as kind of like the Harley Quinn character of the roster of characters in Soul Calibur. She has that really cool uh, circular blade of sorts. Oh, it's right, like in right, a, right, in the right, shape right. of a circle. She's a really cool character. She's actually one of the more popular characters of Soul Calibur. But it's weird how, like, they made her a playable character, but then typically, like, when you have a season pass, it's designed to be DLC of characters or maps or worlds or story that they're still developing. But in this case, she was already there. So it has been a large um, topic of discussions on Alliance and whatnot, just of people who are, who are echoing the same type of sentiment of just, Hey, why <laughs> she's, we know she's done. She's already existing in this game, but then they decided to just reel her back and use her as part of the DLC. So anyway, well, they gave us some free stuff. I mean, they gave us Gerald for crying out loud. So yeah, having Geralt in the game, we'll, we'll get to that in just a sec, but, um, Anyway, I had to talk about that because there are a lot lot to just kind of uh, digest with regards to it. And overall, I am glad I got the Collector's Edition just because I I do like what I see here for the most part.
1: Speaking of which, you got the, what is it, Collector's Edition or the Season Pass or whatever whatnot, the most expensive version of Call of Duty.
0: Mm -hmm. Did you get anything else with that or just the game? So with uh, Black Ops 4... There, Yeah, there were a lot of, of things. I didn't get the physical copy of it. I got the digital download. And so there were different things that, that you could get with Black Ops 4. I, I can't remember what they were off the top of my head, but I mean, there were a lot of like, oh, you get a special weapon and you get different kind of uh, little, I don't know, things uh, that enhance the game. Uh, like I said, I, I would have to look at it again.
1: But, but, um, but
0: did you get as much stuff? Because it sounds like you spent the same amount of money on both games. I did, yeah. I believe the ultimate version of Black Ops 4 was probably around $130. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly how much it was. Um, But here's the deal though, is that with black ops four, because it was a digital download, I didn't actually get any kind of right. like physical mementos. Yeah. And I think that's what I really prefer when it comes to like an ultimate edition, so to speak, is I like just, I like the, like the tangible, the tangible stuff. Yeah. yeah. Ju- just once again, like being able to look back on this, like, you know, 10, 20 years from now and just be like, man, that was really cool. And just be able to check stuff out. And I, <laughs> I don't even know if like I'll be able to play an audio CD in anything is everything will probably just be cloud-based. Speaking of collectible stuff, I remember when I moved you out here,
1: and you're like, "Careful with that box!" I'm like, "What's why?" So I I peeked in it, and it was the Halo helmet for when you I think yes. you bought Halo two or three or oh, something. That was
0: um, it was either Halo three or it may have been Halo Reach,
1: maybe. Yeah.
0: But yes, that I still I, it's it's in the uh, the closet over there. I know, I know. Oh, I, I love that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take the helmet off that uh, there's room to be able to put Halo 1, 2, and 3 in there. I'm sure there but is. They specifically designed it to have uh, the collection of Halo. Didn't you all buy the Gears of War collectors? Edition? I did indeed. Okay. I have Marcus Phoenix being all stoic in a kneeling pose. I need to take that guy out. He's, uh, he's probably suffocating in that box. He is. Anyway, back to Soul Calibur. Back to Soul Calibur indeed. So let's go into graphics. This is um, also a point of um, controversy, I guess mm. you could say. Yeah. So in the past, let's start off with this, shall we? In the past. <laughs> the good old we, days. The good old days. Um, the first title that came out was Soul Blade. That was for the PlayStation, I believe. And then they changed the name to Soul Calibur for the Dreamcast, which came out in 1999. What is typical of fighting games, historically speaking, is that they tend to be kind of a tour de force graphic wise. Like just because you're in this confined space, they really get the opportunity to put a lot of TLC into the detail of the two characters that are fighting on screen and the map, so to speak, of where they're fighting in. And so it doesn't matter if it's Street Fighter 2 or if it's Mortal Kombat. Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive, yeah. All of these different types of fighting games have been, there's like this expectation that has been established or really a reputation is probably a better word for it, where you have just this this gorgeous game to be able to to drink in the visuals because the way the game is set up, you know, they're not having to go through this whole level or this whole world or whatever. And they're having to push all this stuff. So when it came to Soul Calibur, it was no different. Like Soul Caliber one, two, three, four, and five as well. Like, I mean, just you have the, this graphics engine. That's just beautiful. I mean, I, I remember playing, it didn't, didn't matter which platform we were on, but like, the graphics, we, we would just sit there and just... I remember we wouldn't even play the game. We would let the game go into its like little demo mode and just be in awe of how beautiful it was. So it's bizarre to me how with Soul Calibur 6, it's almost like it's taken a step back. Or two. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> weird. So, okay. Namco, before they did uh, Soul Calibur 6, they released Tekken 7. And Tekken 7 had the same problem. When you actually got into the match and you'd be fighting, the graphics have this like aliased look to them. Like like there's not enough anti-aliasing involved, lots of the jaggies, that sort of thing. And the texture quality is also low res. And I did some, some research. Apparently with like Tekken 7, for instance, it doesn't even go up to 1080p. Wow. It has this max of 900p. That's weird, isn't that weird? So, I mean, I, I did some more digging. I'm thinking, what is the point? That is so random. Like, why? Why wouldn't they go up to 1080p at least, if not 4k? I mean, we're in this world of 4k now, and Tekken 7 has been recently released during this whole 4k transition. So one of the things that people talk about is that in a fighting game you have to have really no latency whatsoever because it is such a a, a fast, quick oriented game, and um, when it comes to that, it's just I understand how like you you want to make sure that like there's no delay, like when you're fighting and you're you're doing different button combos or whatever, you want to make sure that it, they're they're just instantly executed, and so. If that is in fact the case, it's like, okay, I get that. However, why isn't there an option in the game where if you're playing locally, if you're playing single player, you know, you're just going through the arcade mode or you, or let's say you're doing versus, or you're going through like the two different story modes in the game. I feel like, like there should be a bumping up of the polish of the resolution, the graphics, fidelity, all that, just because at that point, it's all local. There shouldn't, be any worry about latency whatsoever so i feel like that's a missed opportunity what do you what do you think
1: no i think you're spot on i mean it, we noticed it right away when we popped in the game it wasn't like it was only on some maps it was on on all the maps really but it's funny because it, they they do a, they do a couple things strange where they zoom in on the map and kind of spins around when as it's introducing the characters mm-hmm. and you know they the announcer comes in and, cacophony of souls and swords, <laughs> <laughs> You know? <laughs> and you think, okay, where am I? You're kind of looking around and you're thinking, okay, this is this looks like it's Xbox 360. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so you're fighting. And then there's some elements upon the platform that look actually good. They they reflect the light and and they look like they have some shadowing. And then all of the background is completely blurred out.
0: Yeah, they have a very intense, shallow depth of
1: field. Right. And then, I mean, when, when I was, I don't know, one of the last people I was fighting with uh, the the battle mode there, when a couple of the times that I got knocked out of the ring or I knocked someone out of the ring and they fell into the water, I thought, the water actually looks pretty good. Yeah. But you won't know that until the, the two seconds where you're actually looking at it if you fall out of the ring. Otherwise, it's, it's a it's a wasted uh, wasted motion graphics, wasted time. It's to just ring a there. wasted asset. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah, this is weird. Like, like the backgrounds, for example, like the the, the actual background assets look like they're low poly. Like the, the the textures are low res as well, but they're trying to hide it with the depth of field in a weird way. And again, um, well, actually, I don't. I'm not even sure if I talked about. It. I haven't. I, I have not talked about this. So, one of the other things about this that's that's peculiar to me is the fact that they are now using the Unreal Engine four. And they started doing this with Tekken 7. In fact, not just Namco, but other Japanese gaming companies have been making this transition from their traditional gaming engines to the Unreal 4 engine, which I think is a great move simply because it's a fantastic engine. And it's so weird, though, because I think... The teams, like for instance, like the, the Soul Calibur team and the Tekken team, I think pretty much started their games around the same time, which meant that they had to both get to grips with how Unreal works. And I feel like there's like kind of a learning process that's been taking place where like their teams don't really know how to like completely leverage the game engine to do all the bells and whistles. And I think that may be what is also the problem here is that... I mean, I get it. Like, like there is the kind of a learning curve that that takes place. But I if that was in fact the case, I wish that they had reached out to the folks over at Epic Games or maybe some developers who were a bit more seasoned with the engine simply to to take care of kind of the polishing phase of the game itself. Because the characters, the 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 different environments, I mean the they're wonderfully created. I love the art direction. They look terrific. It's just, like you said, it looks more like an Xbox 360 or PS3 title, not necessarily something that is current gen. Right. Now, I also, um, before I forget, I bought the game, just a, a regular version of it for the PC because I have on my workstation, that um, it, it's 4K enabled. And I just wanted to see if there was any difference. There is a slight difference in the quality when you're playing on a machine like that, where you're able to max out everything, but it still is not quite there. It's not where it's supposed it's to be. Not
1: up to par.
0: Right. Yeah. That's not up to par. Made me
1: think of other games like um, uh, Wolfenstein, Wolfenschlagen, mm-hmm. where you play that game and the whole entire game is beautiful and you're walking through and you're supposed to be concentrating on your mission, but it's it's a well processed game. Like they, they really focus on not every single detail. And then Fast forward to this, there's not much really to talk about with the graphics at all. I mean, that's not one of the high points, really. Mm-hmm. Which is which is kind of sucks because with Soul Calibur, it's a beautiful game. Like in the past, it's been gorgeous. They have introduced a lot more color into the game mm-hmm. as far as, I mean, Namco does this with Tekken. They do it with Soul Calibur when you're swinging the weapon where uh, the edge of the weapon is, it has some color to it, green, pink. Yellow, I've always loved red. that. Yeah, I know it's it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, and they've done a great job with this too. And they they have um, some other stuff with ultimate moves and whatever. It seems like that's kind of a newer theme nowadays, which it's absolutely fine. It's no problem. It's every, every game has their own take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one aspect. The rest of the game just looks so so. Um, I just think in in almost 2019 with uh processing power that we have now with consoles. Right. Uh, you know, you kind of really want it to be there.
0: Well, and we've seen other titles that have used the Unreal Engine 4, and they look breathtaking. Right. So we know what the engine is capable of, and that's why I, th- I just think that that perhaps the teams are not used to using this newer engine. They just need to have more time to be able to work on it. And really, my hope is, is that if there are enough people who are talking about this and and communicating it on social media to Bandai Namco, just saying, hey, can you guys do a patch? Like, it'd be awesome. Like, you know, like how CD Projekt Red did that amazing graphics patch for Witcher 3. Right. And it was just, oh my gosh, like this is, it it took a great game and made it even better. And the graphics for Witcher 3 were already really cool. It wasn't like Soul Calibur 6. I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but I can say... That that would be the cherry on top for a great game. I mean, the gameplay and everything we'll get into in just a minute. But I mean, everything else about the game, um, just about, uh, or I should say, for the most part, is just spot on. It's just terrific. And I think that if they were to put a little more TLC into some kind of patch or DLC of sorts, um, where it addresses the, the the aliasing issue, the low texture res, that sort of thing. I would be probably about ninety-eight percent satisfied with the whole game, uh, with you know a couple other exceptions that we'll get to in a minute. So now that we've gotten through the graphics, let's move on to gameplay. Mm, yes. Now gameplay is, I feel as though, the star of the show when it comes to this game, and I think it's it's worth noting that um, in Soul Calibur Five. Um, That was a big letdown to me. I don't think you really played Soul Calibur 5.
1: Maybe.
0: (laughs) I don't think you did. I probably didn't. (laughs) Um, But Soul Calibur 5 was a big disappointment to me simply because they started messing with the secret sauce of the gameplay mechanics of Soul Calibur. What made Soul Calibur special in the first place. And there were so many bad decisions in that game. So I'm really happy to... Report now that there has been a return to the basics for Soul Calibur 6, in that a lot of the gameplay is reminiscent of Soul Calibur 1 and 2. Do you feel that is the case? Yes,
1: I do. Um, I think it's more reminiscent of Soul Calibur 2, but I think it's still a bit lacking. I think that they, they, it feels like they did go back to basics, but um, we're we should be past the basics by now. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Um, like, for example, with the, sto- the, the story mode, the little RPG element that they have in there where uh, you you pick a character and they go through this little quest and you fight different people, go to different arenas and whatever and whatnot, which is absolutely fine. Um, but, for example, in Soul Calibur 2 you were going to get different weapons and you got different costumes and there was just stuff that you could incorporate after it was unlocked into the regular battle mode of the game. Mm -hmm. As of right now, there's no real
0: inclination that that's going to happen here. That's a good point. I remember that now that you mentioned it about how back in Soul Calibur 2, that was the case. How like, the story mode that they had all okay. So first of all, the story mode in all of the Soul Caliber games have n- not been like any kind of memorable experience. It's just <laughs> kind of like this fun little thing that you do. And again, going back to the idea of um, having these different types of features in the game, like I think that having a story mode is good for a game like Soul Calibur. And I think that the the older versions had this this pretty straightforward, simplistic story, but it just tied all the characters together. It tied the world together, that sort of thing. And I do believe that if they were to actually put a lot of time into the story mode, you could probably have a pretty captivating, overarching story of sorts that is rewarding to play in addition to just doing like arcade mode or versus or whatever. But yeah, I mean, like to your point, um, back in the day, they would actually have certain rewards that would get unlocked as you were playing through the story mode. So like you would have, like you said, different costumes, for instance, and that was always fun. And in this game, I don't think they have... Well, it was weapons, too. I mean, your character could have a whole <clears throat> different weapon. Did they really? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. like different different uh, skins? of Because like the weapon would... Like if you're a you would always fight with a staff. Correct. You would... Correct. You would fight with a
1: staff, but the staff would be, have like a different tip on it or something, or have different decorations, or it would be longer. Like the whole bow would be a, a longer bow. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, I think, I forgot if it was, key. no, it was, um, oh, man, I forgot the character's name, but he has one of the, like a curved sword. And Playing? Some, yes. Mm-hmm. And so he got a, a weapon, which was like an invisible sword. All you saw was the handle of the sword that he was holding onto. But it was twice as long. I remember that. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was it was a week. It did it did weaker damage, but because it was so long, um, you could pretty much keep the enemy at bay because they couldn't get close to you. It was about as long as a spear, but it was a sword. So it was cool stuff like that. And then other other elements were like you know in the story mode, someone had poisoned you or something, and so your life would always start to trickle down, and you really
0: had to defeat the other person. Fast, they do have that still in Soul Calibur 6. It's it's in the uh the, well. Okay, so first of all, there are two different types of like story RPG modes in this game. And uh, do you remember what they're called? No, I forgot. One of them has to do with you creating a character. It's like you get you actually go through this whole create a character process, and it's 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 not bad. You know, I, I think it's 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 definitely not like a generic type of situation like i was concerned about when i first heard about it it's it's more involved than that and after you create your character then um some of the places that you go where you fight people there th- some of those those types of situations arise where like all of a sudden you slide constantly uh, uh, across the surface of the the match or not match but the what would you call it the the stage that you're on so to speak or like, there's like a poison thing, or what? Yeah, so they, they they do in fact still have that. Oh, okay,
1: nah, my mistake. Um, but like, for example, and and in, in some of the Tekken games, you will have this story mode where you're you're gonna you're gonna play uh, one, one of the characters, but you're gonna go through the the what is it? The ah, I'm trying to think of the corporation uh, that that the main guy owns, and you're actually it's kind of like Final Fight in a way, a 3D final fight uh, like the game, but you're going through, you beating up a bunch of baddies and it's a whole like separate game within the game itself. Right. Um, and I would like to see something like that, like a side quest where you're not just saying, okay, well, we're going to do the RPG element of Soul Calibur, and it's basically gonna be the same thing as the versus mode Soul Calibur. We're just gonna toss in a couple of different battle arenas, and it's gonna be you fighting somebody else, and that that's gonna be it. I'd like to see some something else happen with these characters that we've been growing up with you know, for the last you know five six games.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think. Let's let's return to that because we're, we were talking about gameplay right now. But we'll we'll recircle um, around the whole like story aspects. So I do want to talk more about that. But um, going back to gameplay, for instance, so you have a lot of the popular characters from the the series of Soul Calibur that make a return. Plus, you have some new characters as well, which is great. And the the characters that have existed for a while now most of their moves are the same moves that we've seen in the past, but I don't really see that as necessarily a bad thing at all because when those, when these characters were created, like they are so well balanced yeah, and, and the moves are just so just timeless Yeah, in terms of, of how you execute them when you execute them. And I, I mean, I, for one, I'm glad that they didn't mess with that. Now, on top of that, they have included additional moves for each character. Like, for instance, Ivy is one of my favorite characters to play as. And I noticed that there are a number of moves. I don't even know how I did them. I could just, I happened to just, <laughs> I just mashed a bunch of buttons and she did yeah, cool stuff. One of the fun things about a good old fashioned button masher of a game. But I mean, yeah, th- there were these times where all of a sudden I just did some sort of combination and she did a brand new move. I had not seen before. And I was like, wow, I was delightfully surprised to see that they had actually added to the roster of different types of moves, not only for Ivy, but for other characters as well. Now, of course, they have, in addition to this, they have also added in um, uh, this whole concept of reversal edge. And you were getting uh, quite a bit of that this evening while we were playing the game. But, um, of course, the reversal edge is the whole rock, paper, scissors thing where, like, um, vertical attacks, beats, beats horizontal attacks, horizontal attacks, beats kicking and kicking beats vertical attacks. So it's just, you know, it's literally like the
1: one, two, three.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes they would, they would dodge the attack completely.
1: Which I don't know how
0: they were doing that. So that's also what's really, what's really fun about it too, is that you have the opportunity to block an attack and you have the opportunity to just dodge it outright. Thanks to the whole, like, you know, eight way movement. You can move into the background, you move into the foreground. And that's one of the things that's always made Soul Calibur real exciting too. And to a certain extent, like, other fighting games have copied because that was such a, a cool thing. Um, I also, with Reversal Edge, I like how cinematic it is where, like, everything kind of goes into slow motion and you have those, like, red swirlies kind of going around and then, you know, it gives you a moment to choose which one you're going to do. And, like, if you both choose the same one, then you clang swords and you have to try again. It's just nice because it kind of it varies up the fighting. It's not just, you know, this, this button masher the entire time. And also on top of that, they've, they've included a reversal system, which I'm happy to see because one of my favorite aspects to Dead or Alive, the Dead or Alive series, is the, the notion that you can reverse something. So if someone is, is coming at you with a, a high attack or a mid attack or a low attack, if you're able to anticipate that successfully, you can then turn the tide of battle and reverse Something so that suddenly they're on the defense and you're on the offense. And so I'm so glad that in, in this game, you can do that where I think if you're pressing like, I don't know, I, don't know if, I think it's like forward and right bumper on the Xbox. Um, you will initiate this thing and you will know, you, you'll successfully have um, executed it because you see kind of a green glow that briefly appears. And then especially if, if you contact, it, you'll see the other character kind of stagger around and that sort of thing. So again, they're flirting with this idea of okay, how do we break up the battle? So, if, traditionally speaking, it's always been more of a <clears throat> button masher. It's it's an arcade button masher, right? And I like how they're they're thinking, okay, how can we just make it different? Ma- yeah, just just kind of uh, introduce like a a new unpredictable thing that kind of changes the the pacing, so to speak. Um. Now, the other feature that they've introduced with gameplay as well is that um, there's, a, I think it's called Soul Edge, and it's this gauge that's next to your health bar. It's on both sides. It kind of it traces around. It kind of contours the, um, the countdown timer, and it can be used in two different ways. One way is the critical edge. Um, which essentially is like an ultimate. It, it, like, you know, if you're playing Overwatch and you, and you get your ultimate charge, you can execute it and you have this massive damage and that sort of thing. It's essentially the same kind of deal. Um, another way of looking at it would be like... Injustice Insh- 2. Yeah, Injustice 2 has something similar. Street Fighter has the V-Trigger. You know, it's, it's just, it's this opportunity to be able to have this amazing cinematic moment where like if you are able to um, successfully deal it out... You can cause a, a significant amount of health loss to the opposing character. I'm also really happy to see that in Soul Calibur. I think it, it's it's perfect for this type of game, especially because Soul Calibur is pretty much like the only weapons-based fighter. I can't think of another like one-on-one fighting fighting game that has weapons. I mean, of course, Injustice Two has. You know, some of the characters have. Well, I bet just about all the characters have certain weapons, and that's more of a projectile. Well, that's. I just stumbled upon something. So, the weapons, uh, for the most part, in Injustice 2 are projectile based, if you think about it. Like Batman's batarangs. Right. Um, yeah, you have Wonder Woman's whip, but that again, that's kind of like a. a, a Superman's thing. like laser, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Harley Quinn's guns, that sort of thing. And stuff you can grab stuff <clears throat> off the, the background, throw it at them, you know. I love that. Actually, okay, I'm glad that you said that. I know you are. Because that is also something that I think Soul Calibur needs to have in its game is some sort of environmental interaction that can cause damage to the other character. I mean, Injustice 2 did so many things wrong. I love that fighting game. And, um, when it comes to Soul Calibur, perhaps if they make a Soul Calibur 7, it'd be fantastic if they could somehow include that in there. But, Anyway, going back to the uh, the, the um, Soul Edge feature. So on the one hand, you have this ultimate where if you unleash it and it doesn't get dodged or blocked, it's just ter- terrific to watch how each character has their own version of it. And it's just great to like, especially as a finishing move, you know, like they have a little bit of health left and you decide to just launch it on them. Very satisfying. (laughs) Now, the other option for the um, the Soul Edge is what's called Soul Charge. And we just discovered this tonight where it slowly burns a filled gauge of Soul Edge. And it allows temporary skill boosts and moves that normally are not accessible in the game. And um, you were playing as Geralt. And I told you about it, so then you executed. It, and sure, sure enough, I mean, he had some kind of crazy glow. I think he actually like drank some sort of potion, yeah. potion, just right. like you know, Witcher Three does everything else. And then suddenly, like, he, I mean, his swords were like glowing blue, yellow, or whatever. And we didn't really know what to do <laughs> <laughs> except button mash because he had to do that anyway. Exactly. But again, I, I really found myself appreciating that because it. Again, it's adding another layer of depth to the fighting where like if you want to be able to do that, perhaps you don't want to waste your entire gauge just on like one move like that, but instead you want to be able to just have fun with doing these other things. And again, it's all about keeping your opponent guessing as to how you're going to attack them. So now you have critical edge, you have your critical, or excuse me, your soul charge, you have the reversal engine in place, and you have um, the, the, abil- the ability to be able to actually like reverse move. So like if someone's coming at you, you can just turn the tide on them completely. So again, all of these added gameplay elements, I feel like are welcome additions to the game. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. I think there
1: definitely needs to be more. I, um, like if there was more, let's say... Let's say, like parts of the background, like if you were able to jump up on certain steps or whatever, or uh, when I was playing with Geralt and we went back to Morhen, and let's say they had the, the Witcher platforms like this, that Siri was practicing on at the very beginning of the game that you could jump on and, and maybe get some distance from uh, the other character, but you didn't necessarily get knocked off the edge of the arena. Sort of thing, Or maybe like you could do a double jump off the wall and do some other moves or or climb up some steps and then get some other like height on a jump attack or something like that. Because
0: right now we're just just playing on on a flat, even platform. To a flat square. Exactly. That, yeah, and yeah, that's another good point is I would like to see in future iterations of Soul Calibur, just like you said, I'd like there to be a bit more variation to the levels. I feel as though fighting games these days have more thoughtfulness placed into the environment. So, like, we just talked about Injustice 2 and how they have enabled or incorporated different parts of the background to be used as damaging aspects to the opposing character. What's also interesting, too, is, like, for instance, Dead or Alive, I think, was the first fighting game that to introduce multiple levels right. of each type of weapon environment or stage you were at so if you knocked them off it wasn't just a ring out like you had like between three and four different um levels that you could fall or burst through or whatever and and the good folks at midway actually took that as well into injustice too because you can (laughs) bash someone through the wall and they go tumbling through something else and and again it just it makes the world more fleshed out as opposed to just being wallpaper right and I would like to, to be able to see Soul Calibur implement that change as well, both the multi-level approach like you're talking about, but a, as well as the environmental damage. And especially like something like, like a, a weapons-based brawler, I would love to be able to see us kind of go up and down, like you said, like if you were on like some sort of castle wall and you're making your way down the steps of something or other. I don't know. Do it in such a way where perhaps there are certain parts where it enables more freedom of movement, but it also have parts that are more constrictive. And that would add to the strategy of how you plan on, on winning that particular fight. Right. Because all the soul well, I haven't played them all, but most of the solo calibers that have come out,
1: and they, at least the ones that I've played and the ones that I've seen and watched, it's the, it's the same platform that you're always fighting on. Right. So you, you got to start thinking. Okay, well we have our sixth iteration of the game. Well, how can we make this different? And if they're they're trying. They're they're implementing new you know fighting not techniques but uh, power moves. I guess you could say you can classify it as. But what else? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're not going to be using these power moves all the time. It's literally like once or twice per be- per fight, and that's about it. Everything else is going to be the pretty much all the moves that you've always used with the character and every other Soul Caliber. So you got to. You got to bring something else to the table. You got to bring something else to the arena.
0: There you go. Yeah. You touch upon something that I've c- kind of had in the back of my melon here for a while. Now it's actually me touching the back of your head. Oh, oh well, keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but one of the the, the characteristics of some of these, these games that are developed by Asian companies At its core, you'll have the same game. Like, for instance, Soul Calibur. We'll we'll just talk about Soul Calibur. Or we even talk about uh, Ace Combat, too, because that's real. I know where you're going with it. Yeah. So at its core, you have the exact same gameplay mechanics um, that have been used time and time again through each one of the sequels of a particular series. So like in Soul Calibur, for instance, like if I'm playing as Mitsurugi, I know that he has like certain sword moves that he can do. Like if I press, um, you know, forward forward Y on the Xbox, I know he's going to do his double kind of like swooshing uppercut kind of thing. That has existed since the very first game. Also, when it comes to like his different um, victory poses, for example, a lot of those victory poses are the same victory poses throughout all the the games of uh, the prior release. So, um when it comes to that I don't know if, if it's just obviously it's a money saver because they they've put all this time and effort into it and so they want to be able to maintain that but at the same time they run the risk of having their audience get kind of bored just because it's the same thing just reskinned over right. and over and over again Exactly I go back and forth with it though, just because in Soul Calibur's case, they did such a great job with those characters that they had designed up front, and it's like, man, I don't want you to break it. If it's not broken, then don't don't try and quote unquote fix it, and instead focus on adding more characters to the roster. Anyway, I I don't know. It's it's interesting to me how there have been um, other types of, of games that have. Had the same type of situation, which makes me glad. Like for instance, like Capcom, they're doing a remake of Resident Evil Two. Not to digress too far off here, but the way they're going about it is actually meant for more of a next gen experience. It's not just like, oh, here's the exact same game right. as what was released decades ago. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with all of that. But you
1: no, know it would be kind of cool too. Is during the replay of. Uh, you know the, the final three seconds of the fight they'll basically show you what you just saw as as from a side profile they'll give you basic controls of okay if you want to spin the camera around here or there or whatever but what also would be nice is if they had something more dynamic that showed the replay instead of just what you saw how you were defeated or how you defeated somebody else just replaying that because you already know what you did the last three seconds. Mm-hmm. Nobody has. No, I mean, I might have a memory of a goldfish, but my memory, you know, can last more than three. seconds. Steve,
0: I've told you many times on this program, <laughs> you have a mind <laughs> like a steel trap. That's right. I, on the other hand, have a, a memory of a goldfish. Okay, no, that actually know that's true. That's very true. Mm-hmm.
1: So, but if, you love me anyway. I mean, with the, they're they're incorporating the replay. I think making that more epic at the end. Maybe it was showing a different angle or a couple different angles, first person—I don't know—but something different than what
0: you just saw. Mm-hmm. So let's go uh, back. Wait, 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 did you agree or you disagree, Ross? I oh, I totally agree. huh okay, thanks. Um, but <clears throat> you you made a good opportunity for us to segue back over oh. to the story aspect. <laughs> So when it comes to the story, so here's, okay, if you were to ask me, Steve, I want you to ask, you know. I don't want to ask you anything. Okay, fine. Uh, no, I want you to ask me anyway. If you were to ask me, Russ, what is my ideal uh, approach to the Wait, story? like
1: my, my ideal approach? Russ, Russ, what's no, my no, ideal approach Russ, to it? No, no,
0: <laughs> if you were to ask me,
1: Russ, what's your ideal approach to the kid? I'm glad there
0: you Anyway, if I was in charge of the story of Soul Calibur, what I would like to see is for each character to have some kind of motivation or purpose. <laughs> because right now, like, you have all these characters that, I mean, they look fantastic, but really, like, there's kind of like this loosey-goosey storyline that makes an attempt to try and tie everything together, but really doesn't do the job as yeah. effectively as I would have liked. They've kind of, like, told the same story. Kind of, but like even in the past, they really didn't have like a, like a true on, like, like they tried to, I don't know. The way I look at it is, is that I, I, I like the idea of them having a story in the game. So if you want to take pick story mode, you can go for it. And in this game, for instance, like like there is a version of the story mode where like you can choose any one of the characters, and there's a certain timeline that you can play through, where like you kind of have a little bit of story and that sort of thing. But really, what I want to see is I want to see some sort of of actual character development and motivation for the characters to be here and exist. Like, why are they? Why are they trying to go after these swords? And what what are the relationships they have toward each other? And I think that that would be much more of a compelling reason to play through the story mode, especially if you treat it as though it's like kind of an episodic adventure. So like, you know, you reach a certain point uh, through the story and then, you know, you'll have to wait until Soul Calibur 7 comes out and then you continue the same story of that particular character. That would introduce a huge amount of replayability for the game because if you have 20 plus characters in your roster and each one of them has a well thought out backstory and you're watching them go through this whole ordeal, everything. And you realize just kind of what, you know, you find out more about their background, you find out just in again, in Soul Calibur six, they kind of do it but i feel as though the way they went about it was not the best in terms of like like you have these static images i do like that they have the voice actors just actually reading different uh, pieces of dialogue it helps to flesh that part of it out but like for instance we talked about how cool it would be if like you actually had like like high produced anime cinematics in between the fights where instead of just watching these static images that look like storyboards and listening to these voice actors and stuff have something that's engaging and like persona five, for instance, comes to mind where they'll have like during the dialogue sequences, they'll actually have the headshots of these characters animating and, and speaking to you that, that lip syncs with what the voice actors are saying. And then also you'll have moments where like you'll have entire movies, like these little like cinematic sequences of anime playing which I think would be fantastic for a game like Soul Calibur to be able to implement in. And, and it makes me wonder, are they working or were they working on some kind of limited budget? Because the game feels more like a double-A game instead of a triple-A game. And I know that the that Soul Calibur historically speaking has always been more of a triple-A game. And so actually I remember reading about how one of the producers of the game was talking about how soul Calibur six may be the last game in the series. I think we talked about that in the gaming news a couple of episodes ago. And I think that is a very telling thing. When, when I am thinking about the budget of the game, I think they have all these ideas they want to do, but I don't think they have the manpower or the budget to be able to do, you know, ideally what they'd like to do. Yeah.
1: Which is actually pretty tragic. (laughs) <laughs> if I'm being honest. Because if you think about Soul Calibur 2, um, they had the story element, which is basically dialogue. I forgot if they had any pictures. I don't. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But either way, they, they still had dialogue. Now, four games later, it's still just dialogue. It's read to you audibly, but it's basically the same exact thing. Yeah. And you think like other games like Dead or Alive 2... Or not, not Dead or Alive two, but I mean, like the last Dead or Alive game, Dead or Alive five, Dead or Alive five, you had these these sequences when you're playing through the story mode of, you know, this this part this character is progressing through a story and they interact yeah. with X Y and Z and then you know yes it might might be a an, an opponent sometimes it was just a sparring match. You know, but it, it brought that extra element to the fighting game of, okay, this is why this person exists. This is what they're doing. And they're not just fighting because oh, I just want to hurt somebody. I want to slice somebody up. That's why I'm here on the, on the on the planet,
0: you know? Yeah, see, and that's very one-dimensional. Right. Like, like okay, you're here to fight. You're going to fight people. Well, why? Yeah. Well, why are we here? Yeah. Even if they were to come up with, um, like, for instance, Tekken is really good about this, where when you um, have defeated a certain character's uh, list of characters, they fight. They have these wonderful pre-rendered cinematics at the end that do kind of give a bit of backstory to the character, even if they were to do something like that. And that's always kind of surprised me too, is um, like for instance, Tekken 7, the, the front end of the UI design is really well done. I mean, just super polished, high production value. I, I mean, I I was I was loving what I was seeing with that portion of the game. I'm surprised that in Soul Calibur for instance, and we can just, we can just you know, kind of uh, pivot into this. <laughs> so the front end uh, main menu design of Soul Calibur Six is pretty straightforward. It's it's a classic design. There's nothing really wrong with it. It's a like, you know a menu based kind of thing. You know where everything is located. Um, however, there weren't any kind of risks like creatively taken. And I, for one, would have loved to have seen a more kind of cinematic approach to the uh, the menus and whatnot. Also, I think it's worth mentioning, too, the load times in this game. I was wondering when you were going to bring that up. Are so long. I don't understand. I mean, we timed it. We, you actually right. busted out your iPhone and uh, analyzed, or not analyzed, I, initialized. No, I analyzed. Well, you initialized <laughs> your stopwatch, and then you analyzed how long it took. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... <coughs> Excuse me. Um, how long was it? Between, actually, it varied,
1: but it was between a minute and a minute 17. I thought it was like a minute 30. Uh, actually, I think, yeah, <laughs> one of them, one one load sequence, I think it was about a minute, minute 30. Yeah. And you got to be, you got to take in mind, it's just a blank screen. And sometimes even the little loading wheels stop. So you're just looking there, like, um, for example, a minute 30 might not be that long. If you and I stop talking for a minute and 30 seconds, everybody's gonna think something's wrong with their stereo or their phone or their
0: computer or the program, something like their Wi-Fi. It's the same thing. It's an awfully long time. And, you know, we twitched. Playing Soul Calibur 6 this past (laughs) Wednesday. And it was crazy because, um, in terms of our viewership numbers, like as we were fighting, the the numbers would go up. And then when we hit that loading screen again, the numbers would drop back down. Right. And it's just the the black screen is just, it's agonizing. Didn't Namco back in like
1: the PS1 days during the loading screen, I thought it was maybe it was not Namco, it was a few different companies, but they had like Pac Man or some. 8-bit or even like less than 8-bit game that you could play during the little loading screen. I don't remember. You remember that? It wasn't every single game. It was only a, a set few games, but it was for like the PS1. I. Uh, it's gotta be the PS1 where the game was loading and it took like a minute or... Or like thirty seconds, but maybe a minute and a half, man, and I like y-
0: barely remember. Yeah, something and then you, like, like that. you could
1: play Pac Man or something, like bloop, 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 you know, going around, and it would it would eat up
0: some time <laughs> that you weren't just looking at a blank screen and the wheel spinning, you know. I remember. I don't remember if it was a Namco title or, but yeah, there's something.
1: Yeah, right, man. But I guess it wouldn't be that annoying um, if if all this other stuff that we were talking about was being loaded where if you were waiting for this gorgeous map that you were gonna take this this epic fight to. Exactly. Then you would wait the time. Like for Witcher, Witcher does have some load times to it. I mean, I remember like, okay, I gotta wait here now. You know? Yeah. But I mean they were loading an entire continent full of stuff. Villagers, NPCs, villains, you know, quests, all this other stuff. So once it loaded, you were done. But this is only like a 10 minute fight and that's it.
0: Oh, if that, I mean, it's more like a five minute fight, but yeah. Like basically what you're saying is that the load time is do not reflect what you see when you're in the match. Cause like you right. come to it and you're like, "There, why would it take this long right. for something like this? And again, I honestly think it has to do with them making the the game engine switch to unreal four. I really don't think that they have a firm grasp on how to properly leverage that game engine. And again, it's nothing. You know, I'm I'm not speaking ill of uh, Namco because I mean, for any developer, it's going to take time to, to kind of get to grips with something like that. But yeah, the, I, I've also heard too, and again, this is this is another um, observation I've I've noticed is all of the newer games have some pretty noticeable load times but i have heard about how if you have an xbox one x that the load times are literally cut in half and i can't help but wonder if the developers are just starting to develop their titles with more of the xbox one x in mind because like for instance forts is the same way well Every every game is gonna be the same way. The Xbox
1: yeah. One X is just faster at loading everything. Period.
0: Yeah, and, and so I'm just wondering if, if especially with the new titles, if it's even more noticeable. It's even more so because they're starting to put you know some more bells and whistles into it, that sort of thing. So, yeah, going back once again to the the UI design, I don't have a problem with how they approached it. It's pretty basic. It's pretty simple in, in its approach. Uh, if I, if I was actually designing the UI for it, I think I would have, um, some fun having the options kind of live in some kind of 2.5 D 3d world that just gives a bit more flair, a little more showmanship to everything. So, and I'm also, I'm, I'm glad that they, they're still kind of old school in the sense that like, you know, for instance, like the music is can be found in the options and you have like I, your yeah. galleries and right. stuff like that. Is, that is something that I have always loved about Japanese developers is they, they continue to do that like old school thing, which if you notice, a lot of the Western developers don't do that anymore.
1: Remember back in the day, they even had the sound effects included. Yes. You can go back there and then all the like the voices, like, Aah! you know, you could be I am with every character.
0: <laughs> Speaking of music, I think the music in this game is fantastic. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, and that's kind of been a staple of the Soul Calibur series. I think that ever since the ever since Soul Blade, really, I mean, all the music has just been swashbuckling, rousing, just real classy. Hey. For lack of a better way to
1: describe it. Well, it's very fitting to the game too because the fighting style with all the characters is more like a dance. Yes. It's really a dance. When you look at, at uh, Sion Mina, for example, and she's doing her thing, and, or if you look at Keelik, uh, especially if you... If, man, I wish they still had the exhibition mode on that. I keep saying it. But if you go back on YouTube and you look up Soul Calibur 2, <laughs> and with the exhibition mode, and they're doing their, their demonstration, it looks like like it's, it's supposed to be a dramatization or a dance or... It's, right. I mean, it's
0: beautiful. It's almost like you would go to some sort of martial arts uh, convention. Showcase, yeah. Yeah, and you'd be, like, sitting in the, the stadium seating and someone would be um, doing, like, their motions for the judges or something. Yeah, a full demonstration of what they have learned. That is true. I'm, I am am really surprised that they don't have an exhibition mode for Soul Calibur 6. because, that yeah, I, too, really enjoyed watching all of that. I mean, it, had a, it gave me a whole new level uh, of appreciation. Yeah uh for each one of those characters yeah that's yeah, that's, that's a kind of a head scratcher as to why they don't have it and a lot of it,
1: it a lot of that also like the museum gallery and stuff you used to go through and just, and slide slideshow it slideshow it <laughs> <laughs> i gotta learn my l's uh slideshow all the way through and and that was just different pieces of the game that you would just come back to and visit and not necessarily have to play the game to fight it you would just play it and watch everything it could offer you yeah so yeah, maybe it is the budget.
0: I I really do think that that is one of the culprits of this whole thing. But um, I really look forward to playing through all the music on the audio CD, and really like it plays toward no pun intended. Um, just how it's more of a respectable fighter, Right. or respectful fighter if you if you want to call it that. Like a lot of. Wanna want fighting games, it tends to be kinda of dirt down and dirty, you know, and, and doing all these things that are terrible. You know, like we play like Mortal Kombat, for instance. I mean it's just Oh my gosh, some of the stuff in there, especially from the, the latest version, I, I, I kinda wince at because it looks so brutal. But this one is much more I mean, even like when you defeat someone, like the the host of the show, so to speak, is like Respect for the fallen. Yeah, yeah, all that. <laughs> you're kinda like Oh, I almost feel bad that I slashed it. Dice that person into all these million pieces, but um, but that's always been kind of the persona of Soul Calibur. Like it has, like you, like what you are talking about. It just, it almost pays homage to these different martial arts styles of fighting, and it's it it's done so in a way that's very classic. And of course, the um, the voice acting has always been real fun too. Like it's it's kind of goofy. It's it's that this standard. One, this
1: one's been the most goofy though. You think so? Yeah. I mean, all the all the little tidbits and stuff that they say. These just yell and kind of grunt and stuff in the other games, but this time they, they say just a bunch of random stuff. I mean, when they're falling out of the ring,
0: like I knew I knew I know Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <"Wait>, what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, to me it's, it's pretty humorous. It's pretty it's pretty entertaining in its own
1: way. The only the only character it fits with is Geralt, because back when you're playing Witcher. If he starts getting beat on, he's like, not good, sort of thing, you know? Well and they include a lot of that in this game. Right, yeah. They take his lines out, which that's what I'm saying, it works, but I mean, when I was fighting against uh, one of the girls and she called me a jerk. Like, I'm a jerk. I'm like, She called me a
0: retard. (laughs) That was messed up. So what was that one character that I was playing as that was just like chatty Kathy? Oh, that was like the the weird Doctor
1: Strange-looking dude with like the pieces of his costume that looked like they were snakes. And you're like, how are those things attached to his clothes? I, I like I, we were making fun of him trying to like you know walk through a doorway and getting stuck because of his costume or whatever. But he
0: was actually really colorful. He was. I remember like, when I was starting playing him. You're like, what is happening? <laughs> All
1: I saw was a bunch of blurry colors and another person flying across the screen.
0: Here, I'm trying to find his name. Do you remember what his name is? No, Russ, you just asked me that. Oh, that one's great. I was hoping that maybe your mind would be jogged. You know that old steel trap. Yeah, I can see him, but I just can't remember his name. The look of him reminds me, actually, of uh, kind of the main bad dude in Mortal Kombat. Yeah,
1: I don't play Mortal Kombat, Russ. You know what I will say, though? as much as i suck at fighting games which if anybody's been listening to this game or this game this this podcast for the longest time then they'll realize you know that's that's gonna sound familiar soul caliber is actually one of the fighting games i don't get like raged with Tekken, i i might still get raged at but soul caliber i don't know i just i you just get defeated
0: so eloquently
1: I just, you know, you know.
0: as well as well as well a z w e l that's um, the self-proclaimed leader of humanity,
1: as well as. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Ooh, there's, his, <laughs> there's his picture. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <clears throat> anyway, he, he he has such long lines of dialogue. I remember even when I beat the arcade mode, <laughs> he was like doing the. He was going on the, like this monologue. And, uh, the, the host, so to speak, yeah. just starts just start talking over. Exactly. Him.
1: <laughs> like that's, you know, like that could have been polished too. I mean, it's almost like you're good, they're listening
0: to a, like a boring celebrity, give an acceptance speech at the Oscars and they start playing the music and they're trying to get rid of him for commercial break. Cause he's just not interesting. Like it was totally like that. Yeah, it was the, exactly the same. I, if you didn't even read it fast enough, you did not even know what he had the full sentence that he was trying to say. So let's go into Geralt as a guest character. Now, of course, Soul Calibur for a while now has had a number of really cool guest characters grace the uh, stage, so to speak. I mean, in the past, we've had, let's see, we had Spawn. That was uh, on, for the Xbox version. Oh, that's right. I think that was for Soul Calibur 2, was it? Two nah, or
1: three? It had to be three. Definitely was not in two.
0: Okay. Well, then we had another one that uh, had, uh, for the Xbox anyway, had Yoda. Hmm. Well, it had some other Star Wars characters in there,
1: too. I think, well, depending
0: on the version you bought. But, yeah, depending on the version. So, the PlayStation version had Darth Vader. Right. And what was weird was that the uh, Switch version, I think it was from, or not Switch, I'm sorry, the uh, the GameCube right? had uh, Link from Zelda. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. And then I think in Soul Calibur 5, you actually had uh, your boy from Assassin's Creed, the the main uh, character. Hmm. What's his name? Well, it depends on what Assassin's Creed you're talking about. And probably en- en- Enzio? That's en- probably en- yeah. So, I mean, again, a number of high profile characters. And one of the things I've always liked is um, the combos that they have given each one of these guest characters have been. Really organic and easy to execute. It's not some sort of funky, random bunch of buttons and direction. It's just it, they've all been really cool. And it's not as though they have recycled the exact same moves for each one of these guest characters. Every character has a very different feel right. overall. But I want to know from you, Great. Because you are a very big fan of Witcher 3. Yeah, as well as Geralt. Well, what do you think of him in this game? I think he is probably the best part of the game. Oh! I I
1: like seeing him. I like hearing him. I mean, he, he's the one that fits the most with the story mode because, yeah, I mean, even him saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he had to accept this contract sort of thing, I'm like, oh, that harkens right back to the game, to The Witcher 3. And then he gets, you know, flown through a portal and he's talking about how odd he feels going through the portal and you know he feels all sick and right. stuff and then um, <laughs> you know he's he's a witcher out of out of sorts and he's like oh I'm still fighting monsters. I mean everything that how they scripted him was perfect with it. Yeah. And with his with his voice, the actual actor portraying Gerald's voice, I mean it was the right decision. I mean huge. Huge 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 so <laughs> I just thought it, it was perfect, even with him talking to a sorceress, and then they they mention Yennefer. Uh, I don't know. I I, I really enjoyed any little sound bits they have with him, with his victory pose and what he's saying. It's not just like you know two or three different lines. It's a bunch of different lines that that he says. He says quite a lot of stuff.
0: He is one of my favorite aspects to the story mode because yeah. I just I love the voice actor who has uh, voiced Geralt. Yeah. And. I mean, like, like the other characters, like there are character voices that I do like. But again, like you, you hit the nail on the head. It's like his character totally fits in the world of Soul Calibur based on his ability to travel through portals and go through other dimensions and planes. I, I love the fact that he he can use both
1: of his swords, like one or the other. But if he has to you know, do some big move, whatever, he can use them both. But they have different colors to them, so you know he was using his silver sword or his steel sword. Yes. I love that they kept the sound effects in with all like the the different uh, signs that he uses with the fire and and um, no, no, actually, I'm you, yeah, I'm having a brain fart, but uh, all the like the sign on the ground that 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 stuns the opponent or knocks them back. Um, all that, I mean, that's just, that is so fantastic. They, they included all of that in there. Even with the, the, the music, when, when you're battling on and, and uh-huh. it's, it sounds like it's the same instrumental ensemble uh, that made a lot of the music that was for The Witcher 3. And I think it sounds exactly the same. It has to be.
0: I really do applaud Namco. I feel like I, like we do need to give them some proper kudos just for every time they have a guest character in their games, they really do go the extra mile to make sure that they are properly representing that character. And of course, I know that they go through probably a rigorous approval process with that company that owns that IP. But still having said that, I mean, every single one of them, it's just great. Yeah. If I were to go back to Geralt for a minute, if you've played The Witcher,
1: you kind of you would have known how Geralt acts, how he speaks, what how he's going to uh, you know react to different situations or, or respond, I guess, you have just say, to, to different characters. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be played in your mind because you've played Geralt for at least sixty hours through Witcher three. And so they've scripted him in the game so perfectly with. people he interacts with he doesn't want to fight right away he's just trying to get home you know and then someone just wants to fight he was like all right here we go sort of thing um even with when he's speaking with the the sorceress and he you know she's kind of you know got the hots for him and stuff i don't know everything (laughs) it it it, it blended so well with the witcher I, i was
0: smiling all the way through it. That's awesome. Now, with the season pass, they are going to be including three additional characters. And we did talk about how Tira is one that um, is part of the season pass. I uh, got the season pass as well, so I'm able to play as Tira. That's a lot of fun. Um, Luckily, right before we started recording this particular podcast... I just happened to stumble upon an article in IGN that talks about the first of those three characters being the main character from, um, near automata, which I have not played yet, but I really, really want to be able to play it. Everyone who's played it says it's a great game. And even though I haven't played it, I'm familiar with the art direction of, um, the characters in that game. And that character is once again, another guest character in, this fighting game that just fits like her look fits the soul caliber world in my opinion really well so it's going to be fun to be able to to have her um come in and it makes me wonder too about the remaining two characters like are they going to continue down this trend of having additional guest characters from other games come in and fight or are they going to bring in characters from previous soul caliber titles because Either way, I mean, like friends, well, either way it could be good. I don't I don't see a, a negative with either one. Injustice 2, if you recall, they're really good about that. They brought in like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and that was awesome. Um, and they also brought in like Hellboy and and I can't remember all the other ones, but they had a pretty rigorous, I think they had multiple like at least 3 phases where they would drop like three new characters at a time. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen with Soul Calibur, but I do think it's worth bringing up and talking about simply because Soul Calibur as a series has a rich pedigree of characters and a significant, a number of them have not made it into this game. And I, for one, am surprised how the season passed up to this point, really, they're only going to drop in three additional characters and that's it. They're not going to have like, you know, three or four different DLC drops that each one consists of like three new characters or four new characters, that sort of thing. And that's a little surprising to me just because I think that that could be a missed opportunity for, first of all, for them to make more money, but also too, just because you have so many characters that I would love to see represented in this next-gen title Because at this point in time, you have like, I think, 20 characters in the roster. And, man, like, I I, again, I I would love to see more of that. But um, I think it's going to really depend on the the, the success of this title and also just how loud the fan base is with regards to just reaching out to Bandai Namco and being like, hey, we really would love like a graphics patch to like give these graphics some more TLC or we would really love to see more characters. We'll gladly pay, you know, an extra 10 or 20 bucks or whatever it is. You know, it'd just be really nice to be able to have this in here, especially considering the fact that if this is the last version of Soul Calibur they're going to make, Hey, I want like this big last hurrah. Let's go out with a bang. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if
1: they went out, let's say they, they went out with Soul Calibur two, we still remember that game years later this game and now I, I feel bad for saying it i mean i really do because i l- this is one of the only fighting games that i can
0: enjoy playing mm-hmm. but yeah you actually and you're good at it i mean like, like you have fun with it and yeah I, you're not getting upset when you play i i i love the entire
1: makeup of the game but i know that now Na- i mean namco was growing up as a kid namco was like okay here's e3 What's Namco gotta show? Are there is there gonna be a new Soul Caliber? Is there gonna be a new Tekken? Is there gonna be a new you know, Ace Combat? And I would hate for them to stop making Soul Calibur. I really would. Um, and I know we that you know our discussion hasn't been as positive as we would like it to be, but that but that's not insulting to the game necessarily. That's
0: us wanting
1: more from it because we love it so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's important to, to say, I mean this this is a good game. Yeah. Like the Soul Calibur 6 is a very fun game. The I love the return to um like what I said earlier, the, the return to basics of Soul Calibur 1 and 2 where like you just want to get in there, you want to fight, you want to choose these different characters, that sort of thing. And it, it's a testament to the game's longevity as a classic fighting game. Like like there's there actually is a just a a lot to really enjoy in terms of the gameplay. Like, like like I said earlier too, the star of the show for this game is the gameplay. Like like I can forgive the graphics. Like it, like it's a bummer that it's not as polished as, as it could be, but I, it doesn't mean I'm not going to play the game. I'm right. still loving the game. Right. And I think it's just like what we've been talking about this whole time, which is just it feels like the game was on a budget. It feels like the developers are still trying to get to grips with the Unreal 4 engine. You know, it just... It feels like, like they had these great ideas, but they just were not able to fully execute them the way they probably would want to. Yeah. And so we're just kind of talking about just these different things that... Um, were either subpar or just missing outright. And we just, I mean, it's because we love Soul Calibur so much, we want to see these things properly represented. Right. And I think that's
1: really it. I think it's 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 the budget because there, there's there's no shortage of talent in Namco whatsoever. I mean, anybody who says otherwise, I don't know.
0: <laughs> you know, even when you were talking about Namco back in the day with E3 and stuff. So one of the other... Thoughts I had going through my melon is, you know, during the arcade heyday, the two powerhouses were Sega and Namco. If you went to any kind of arcade, those two companies were like just the lions of the, the arcade the scene industry. were like, yeah. yeah, the lions of the industry were, were, I mean, they had all kinds of games coming out it didn't matter what, if it was racing games or skiing games or holographic games or fighting games, whatever it is, both companies were just, just cranking these titles out. And what's interesting is that both companies over time have eroded away. They're no longer um, as large and in charge as they were back in the arcade heyday. And it's kind of a bummer because I'm a huge fan of both companies. But it's just weird how like they've struggled to evolve with the rest of the industry. Like they just haven't been able to maintain the same level of mindshare and clout that they once did, especially back in like the early 90s, early to mid 90s. So having said that, I do think that that is also part of the whole budget thing. We're like, I mean, Namco probably is not, I mean, again, I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of how Namco's business works, but I have a feeling they're not pulling in as much money as they once were. So they have to be frugal with their projects. I mean, they have to really be careful about like where they spend their money. Unless, like I said, there's some other kind of business area that I'm unaware of where they're able to pull in a substantial amount of, of monetary value. But um. It just all the, the cards are kind of pointing toward that direction of that sort of thing. So we'll just see. I mean, uh, again, even with the, the, the stages themselves, we haven't even talked about that in, in Soul Calibur 6. When you're playing through arcade, you are playing through the exact same sequence of stages. I don't understand why that's the case. Why don't they have it be procedural where like every time you play, it's randomized when you're playing arcade mode and versus I'm sure you have the the ability to be able to pick which stage you want to fight on. But again, like you, you're going through. And again, here's here's another thing about it. When you choose arcade mode and you're fighting through as one of the characters, you're only fighting eight characters before right. you finish the arcade mode. That's surprising to me because I would prefer you to be able to go through and fight each and every character in the roster. I mean, it makes it for that much more of a a longer journey that you'd have to make from the beginning to the end of each one of the characters in arcade mode, especially if they have a unique, you know, cinematic ending of sorts that acts as a payoff for that. But also, too, you'd be able to have that many more maps to choose from. Because as it stands, you literally, I mean, I think they have actually technically nine maps total because you have Geralt's stage, which isn't even in arcade mode. <laughs> so yeah, I think you have probably around nine maps or so. When in fact, we probably should have more like 21 maps or higher. And then on top of that, there needs to be kind of a randomizer of sorts. So that way, when every time you, you get into it, there should be kind of like an unpredictability of sorts. Like, oh, where are we going to fight next? Right. You know, one thing we
1: forgot to mention in the gameplay is that there's uh, there's an additional round that you have to play. So instead of like the best of two rounds, where like if you won one and I won one, then we go to round three right? sort of thing. There, There's three rounds or there's there's
0: four rounds or at least the best of three. So you can win three rounds in a row and you're done. You, you could literally like you could have one person win two rounds and you only win one round or you, or maybe you don't win any rounds. But the the whole match itself is not over until someone wins, like, three rounds. Right. Correct. Which I think is nice. I like that. I do, too. Yeah, I dig it. Do you have any closing remarks, Steve? No. I. Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, we've kind of talked about everything to death, but I guess in sum up, um, money is the enemy, I think, because we, I, I don't want to think that all the, the talent in, in Namco... Did not think of what we were just all talking about. I think they have a ton of talent and a ton of creative creative bitili- creative Oh my goodness. <laughs> Creativity. There you go. Oh man. Spit it out. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I think you're right. With the with the budget and maybe the, the the due date that they had to bring the game out, they had to just go, okay, this is what we can do. Here you go. And hopefully it sells. And I, I mean with a game that comes out with a minute and a half or a minute 17 seconds with a loading time where even the loading little spinning sign stops you think and you wonder has the game crashed do I start the whole game over again do I turn off my Xbox and back on like what is happening here how did that even pass um so yeah I I really I don't want to dock the game but I'm I'm going to dock the budget because mm-hmm. if they had the money and they think they had the time, that I think we'd be everything we, we we were talking about. I think would be on the table and would be included in the game. So, I think the game is fun to play. I think it's still beautiful. I still like it. Um, I don't want to think or say that this is going to be the end. I hope the game sells enough that Namco goes. You know what? There's still some life near. There's still a soul in this caliber that burns <laughs> forever. Told, uh, <laughs> retold. Yeah, retold. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I do hope that, that Namco finds it to put it back on the table and give us a, a Soul Calibur 7. Lucky number 7.
0: Yeah, I really have enjoyed this title. I know I'm going to be putting lots and lots of hours into this just because I did not really play much of Soul Calibur 5 at all. I've been hankering for another Soul Calibur title to come out. I'm so glad that they they, they did make Soul Calibur 6. Love the art direction, love the characters. I would love to see more of this, like what you were saying in Soul Calibur 7. Um, some of the shortcomings that we talked about, it's a bummer, but it's just, it is what it is. And, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a testament, really, to how awesome the gameplay is. They have really been able to just perfect. This style of one on one fighting, and I just it doesn't matter which character I am. I really love playing. I mean, I probably the one character I'm not really big on playing is Voldo, but <laughs> aside from him, I mean, like it's 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 crazy how like I love playing all these different characters. I think they're a lot of fun to be able to just change up my strategy as to how to fight and that sort of thing. I think that that um, you introduced some some great suggestions for Bandai Namco to consider in terms of um, environmental damage and um, you know varying up the environment itself, so that it's not always just kind of a flat square. So um, yeah, I, I think that the overall it, it is just a it is it's a really fun game. I'm like I'm I'm going to be having a lot of fun going through the story modes and whatnot. And I think that there is there is room for improvement. I think um, I would encourage all of you listeners out there to just give it a try. I really, especially if you like fighting games, I, I really do believe that you are going to find value in this game. You're going to find a lot of enjoyment, especially given how much they have added to the fighting system itself. It, it is a pretty deep fighting system, I gotta say. And it's just, it's just fun. I mean, it, it, it's a it's a cool take on the fighting genre, the, and I know I've said it a million times. The I cannot stress to you enough. Like the art direction on these characters are some of the best ever. So that is my two cents on it. That wraps up this episode of Joy. Guys, make sure you tune in next week as we talk about Red Dead Redemption Two impressions. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com/joygasm for exclusive and early access to the show. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for joygasm tv. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud.com/joygasm tv. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you next week.